0: Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to this Reboot 2030 podcast on rogue AI and catastrophic risk. My name is Nico Heller. My guest today is Yosra Bencio. Yosra is a full professor of computer science at the University of Quebec. He's also a founder and the scientific director of the Mila Quebec Artificial Intelligence Institute, and is a senior fellow and co-director of the Learning in Machines and Brains program at the Canadian Institute for Advanced Research. And of course, he's also the recipient of the 2018 AM Turing Award, the Nobel Prize of Computing, with Jeffrey Hinden and Jan LeCun. I can see that uh, Joshua has already arrived, so let me invite him in. Thank you very much for joining me for this uh, Reboot 2030 podcast on rook AI and uh, catastrophic risk. I have already given a brief introduction, uh, uh, your background and uh, achievements. Uh, and we can of course add to that during uh, during uh, our conversation. But um let, let's dig straight in here. Uh, you've been very vocal um about um you know the, the potential catastrophic, and I think the emphasis, emphasis here is on catastrophic, the catastrophic risks, uh superhuman, and again the emphasis being on superhuman, uh artificial intelligence systems pose for mankind really at a societal level. Um what kind of risk are you talking about? well uh there are many
1: risks um they probably you know are laid out at different uh, timelines but uh, maybe the shorter 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 term risk is um, the, the amplification of disinformation so we already have deep learning being used in synthesizing images sounds, and more and more uh, short videos that, that are used in order to try you know to change people's minds but but now we you know we're going to see more progress on on these uh, synthetic ability plus a new medium which is dialogue that can be added to all this where if if anybody's played with chat gpt knows that these systems are pretty good at interacting with us in fluid ways that sound very convincing so I'm not saying it is going to happen, but the tools are there, and there are certainly uh, groups of people around the world who already are trying to use these tools. Are probably, you know, at work right now to try to influence the elections that are coming in, you know, this year and the next year. Um, so, um, so that's one one kind of risk to destabilize democracies through influence um there's another kind of democratic issue which may be slightly longer term but i think we have to be worried about which uh has to do with concentration of power so uh, as you know right now it's just a few companies doing it and it might actually get worse in the sense that the the costs of training the frontier you know the top models is going up exponentially fast in the last few years and so the number of organizations that can actually train the best systems is uh you know the bar is going to be higher so i don't know you know how that's going to go because there's also another force which is a lot of capital is being invested in this um which which is going to accelerate the advances because more r d is happening but but in any case there's there's a risk as these ai systems become more powerful that the the people who control them will wield a lot of power, maybe more than we have ever known as we approach AGI, like a level where these systems surpass humans on many fronts. And and that is by definition in contradiction with the very notion of democracy, which is all about ways of sharing power.
0: It's interesting. It's interesting. I mean, uh, um, in, in, in Germany, where, where I'm based, there is a sort of a strong belief, and I believe that is also very strongly held in the uh, in the US and Canada, that research, scientific research, should be free uh, so that, you know, that we should be able to, you know, and this this goal is a kind of a Kantian kind of notion. It goes back a long way. It's an Enlightenment notion, um, this idea of freedom of research. And we have staked a lot on this and uh, and people have quite entrenched position on this. And of course, you could argue that for as long as science was sort of, you know, at a level where it couldn't fundamentally destroy uh, or fundamentally change the makeup of the universe, that was okay (laughs) for as long as we didn't play God. but really sort of from the early 20th century on, um, science progressed in a way that in many fields this became an issue. And one of the probably the first ones where we saw this was in the whole nuclear field, where we all of a sudden had this ability to destroy the world many times over. Uh, and this has now been replicated across many science domains and has finally arrived in the area of information science. Uh, yes. and computing um but in what way is that new risk the AI risk different say from these other kind of severe society level risks uh
1: okay so I talked about disinformation uh the next threat is uh national security attacks um so uh, cyber attacks um bioweapons chemical weapons and other things we don't think about right now. Um, There are some studies showing that these systems, because they've read all of the scientific literature, uh, even though they don't understand them as well as a scientist expert, they understand them enough to help somebody who's not an expert to figure out how to do dangerous things. Um, Now, currently the level of how much they help isn't a lot higher than if somebody took a lot of time and read you know, uh, from the internet and, and and try to find scientific literature, but it could make it easier. And more importantly, I think we should think of next year's system, two years from now, three years from now, um, they could help terrorist groups, criminals. So right now, for example, already, if you go to the dark web, um, which I don't, but some of my students apparently do, uh, you can buy or rent some of these um, AI systems that have been modified to take off all the safety protections so that they could be used to uh, write uh, cyber attack codes um, or uh, fraud and things like that. So there's already a market for using these systems uh, for uh, really uh, nefarious reasons. And it's just gonna get worse as these systems become more powerful.
0: um so that's
1: national security yeah
0: is it i mean you you started off by saying that that the kind of in, in a nutshell if you were to sort of kind of try to kind of describe what that risk is it's amplification and wouldn't it be fair to say that these other society level risks like sort of a nuclear fallout or kind of a biological war or whatever that the ai actually in a way amplifies those risks so it's you know it's 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 kind of in a way it's a risk in itself but it's also an amplification of existing risk
1: yeah and i think the case of uh, bioweapons is a good example of that so um there's already a lot of uh, scrutiny in biology you can't publish anything you want if it could be used in dangerous ways then uh, review boards you know will discuss the question and we've uh, globally we've created these dsl labs bsl 1 2 3 4 at different levels of uh, potential danger to humanity uh, and not not everyone is allowed in you know uh, these labs you you have to be trustworthy and know what you're doing uh, and follow the right protocols. And in a way, what I and others are saying is that we need similar uh, scrutiny and um, control of access um, to the very powerful AI systems ca- that can be misused in very dangerous ways, or that we could lose control of. So this is the last risk, which maybe makes it different from things like nuclear or um you know pandemics human created pandemics uh in that we're talking about creating entities that would be smarter than us and could even like improve themselves because by studying ai so actually serious researchers in the field think that we could make progress to um uh advanced AI itself using using AI, yeah, so of bootstrapping um the because we are at the point where these systems are pretty good um programmers so they understand algorithms so we're not very far off from the point where they could uh design better algorithms for example more efficient algorithms that can make a difference um computationally efficient algorithms
0: sure, sure. yeah yeah i'm again okay. hey all right it, it it really hasn't happened in a very very long time my internet literally just cocked out i mean not 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 the um what do you call it not the not the root up in 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 my office but the internet uh so um so we've been talking about this kind of new risk this kind of catastrophic risk that ai uh especially superhuman ai uh, uh poses and you're introducing this idea of rogue ai uh the idea of and you're making it a simple between two types of rogue AI. If I understand you correctly, there's the kind yes. of the rogue AI which is for you know essentially kind of orchestrated by uh, developed by a you know a, a malicious a kind of a, a bad actor, somebody who wants to do harm. Could be a terrorist, could be you know could be a power-hungry dictator. Could could be anybody who yep. wants to harm society. Uh, and there's another kind of form of rogue AI which has to do with us losing control of the AI, to yes. do with sort of a misalignment, the, the the AI essentially making a claim for a life of its own.
1: Okay.
0: Um, yeah. So maybe 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 we sort of start pick up from here, uh, and and why why these particular uh, 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 sort of like uh, forms of superhuman intelligence would be would be dangerous. Okay. So the first kind is easy to understand.
1: Uh, people will want to use any powerful tool for their advantage. And uh, if you have malicious goals and the tool is very dangerous, then we're in trouble. Um, so that's a kind of a classical national security risk. Then there's the kind of new kind of national security risk where we have new entities that may have their own goals. So let's see how that could happen. There are two basic routes. One is intentional creation of uh, a a runaway AI and the other is unintentional. So the intentional is easier to understand. There already are researchers out there that are saying that they would like to see humanity replaced by superhuman AIs. For them, the supreme value is intelligence. And so if these systems are gonna be smarter than us,
0: they should take over. And we but should is, welcome them. There is an interesting point. I mean, when I was reading this your article earlier on, 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 on a catastrophic risk once more, I kind of was thinking that because you, you're linking it very directly to democracy and the defense of democracy and the defense of human yes. rights. Now, when we're, we're, and you're making, and I think this is really the key to understanding why you consider it a problem, is to do with the concentration of power. Uh, and you're making yeah. this you're making this link to authoritarian regimes where a sort of all knowing uh, you know sort of a, a supreme leader uh who feels he knows best and is convinced that yes. he does makes decisions that are suboptimal um because right. there is so, no- so, so that's that's
1: the unintentional uh possibility in other words um right now we don't know how to design the ai so that we'll not lose control of it that it, it not will become it's uh an entity with its own self-preservation goals. And you know it's going to take a lot of efforts and protocol and, and care in order to avoid doing that, and of course research to figure out these things. But if you're um, if you're a dictator, um, your primary concern is is to maintain your power, and uh, you might be willing to take chances, just like uh, criminals might be willing to take chances because they, you know, maybe you, you 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 fear for your life, and if you have a choice between. Using the AI to maintain your power, or you know, and um, taking a chance, or um, uh, you know, potentially losing it all. Uh, that I think uh, there's is a sentence in French, uh, "Après moi le déluge," uh, which means "Who cares? Once I'm dead, uh, you know, everyone else can die." And uh, and so, I think there's an issue that if we end up in a uh, world where uh a a kind of authoritarian government controls the most powerful ai well not only ai can be then used by them to maintain their power and and prevent democracy from coming back but but also they might make a mistake because they you know they're focused on their own power and their own security um and we um we could end up with with with, uh, an entity that's going to destroy us all and there is also an interesting reason behind why this could happen more likely than if we have a democratic system in place to um to protect us um which is simply that um authoritarian regimes are less intellectually robust because you know there's one person let's say that dominates and and you know we can be wrong anybody can be wrong in democracy we we we're trying to aggregate the opinions of a lot of people that's that's the whole point of democracy, and um, if you know one person can be wrong, but but the aggregate is usually not too wrong. And you know maybe somebody can say, well, this is dangerous. Well, let's be a bit more careful, even though the other guys are not, not sure. So in general, um, democratic decisions are going to be safer, and that's exactly the issue here: that we might not be sufficiently careful if uh, if we consider just the whims of one person then if we consider a democratic process that's going to take these decisions that could have impact on the whole of society and, and the future of humanity.
0: It's interesting. I mean, you're making the. the, the I think the, one of the key concepts here is misalignment. It, it could be the misalignment between the uh, the operator and the kind of the creator of an AI system uh, with the AI system. It could be a misalignment between the AI system and society at large, or it could be an, a misalignment between the, the 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 creator, the kind of the, the actor, and and society. Or it could be all three. Um, but misalignment here is the issue now. Um, now, now here's a kind of a. It may almost be a retired question because I, I think I understand why this isn't a solution, but I still want to kind of throw it out. Why don't we design AI systems that check for misalignment, so that you know, so that that we have an order correct? Um,
1: yeah,
0: I think I think you can give me the answer to half a sense that I there could be misalignment in that too, couldn't it? Uh, but Oh, um,
1: well, so so the problem is we don't know how to program or train or instruct an AI right now that will understand properly our intentions, that will understand our values and, and morals. I mean, they 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 might partially understand. And so long as they're not too powerful, that mismatch, that misalignment may not be too serious. Like you and I might not be perfectly aligned on everything. That's okay. Like humans have different opinions. But if one of us was so powerful that he could kill the other, then that misalignment becomes a problem. So so the misalignment um, is is unfortunately a scientific challenge right now that we don't know how to solve. And and in my opinion, it's something that we need to solve urgently before we end up with superhuman AI systems that we, you know, might want to do something good, but actually are going to harm us.
0: So, um, I mean, in in a nutshell, what you're trying to do. I mean, I'm just trying to kind of define uh, words uh, uh, that that might express in a more sort of a um, you know uh, uh, easy understand. So, in, in, in from my way of looking at it, what you kind of seem to try to do is to democratize AI to find a kind of an equivalence. A uh, sort of systems equivalence to our human-made democratic governance arrangements. Is that kind of a, a fair way of putting yeah. it? So that, so, so that we, we're kind of building similar checks and balances into the kind of sort of interrelated AI systems that are emerging. Uh, and do you have an idea of how you propose to do this through a a network of of of, of non-governmental organisations. Isn't that right? Yeah. So there are two aspects here.
1: There's a technical aspect. Within the AI, we can use principles that we see at play in democracy so that the AI itself is sort of a sort of a committee and it, you know, it, it can hear multiple opinions inside itself. And then, you know, if one of the opinions say this is dangerous, then maybe, you know, it's gonna be prudent and, and play it safe. Um, There's also um, democratic principles at play uh, uh, regarding the governance of the AI. We want a kind of democratic governance because the AI is going to have a lot of power, uh, or AIs, you know, there will be many. Um, We want to make sure that that power is kept in check, meaning that it's used in ways that are aligned with our democratic will. And for that, we need a democratic process, which you don't get by default in corporations, you know, and just profit maximization. So the first step, of course, is to have a regulator that says, okay, this is, you can do this, you can't do that. But that's not sufficient. We also eventually, I think, want society, democratic societies to have a much stronger control over how the AI is used, what purposes Um, are we making sure it's not going to harm some groups of people. And, uh, you know, we're not going to lose control because we're not safe. I mean, we're not careful enough and all that. And, and we want those decisions to be taken with the wisdom of the crowd rather than the whims of a CEO.
0: So, so, and it's interesting because of course, um, in terms of harm or severe harm for society, um, there are certain behaviors which we as societies in the West encourage like profit seeking for example you know it's the, the very basis of our capitalist structure is that we want to get be, become better off we want to you know we want to accumulate wealth uh and with that we think we accumulate security and, and 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 well-being and all the rest so but we want to accumulate wealth and that's a you know that's a legitimate pursuit uh in in in, in our but what if that pursuit of accumulation leads to a a concentration never seen before. At which point it flicks, doesn't it? It's actually no longer a benefit to society. Um, exactly. It, it's actually no longer a benefit to that individual either. It becomes a self-harming pursuit, potentially. potentially. yeah. Um, yeah. because of course, you know, if, if it leads to a kind of a meltdown, uh, uh then then of course that per- would be also be harmed. Um, so 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 so, how do you kind of design a system where you kind of have where you sort of say up to a point. It's great in fact we encourage it but from a certain point on it's no longer good uh, there's certain things we're seeing always bad like killing others or whatever we don't have to think twice about that but when it comes to the pursuit of wealth or when it becomes comes to say for instance collecting data about somebody's health like say in medicine again there's a point at which this is really beneficial to a point but at some point it may become quite detrimental to society uh if if health information was to concentrate it in very very few hands uh, and so on and so forth so uh, this principle of accumulation and of concentration applies to many many areas and how do you regulate something where you sort of say up to a point this is what we want there's a sort of a kind of an efficiency curve but then there's diminishing returns from a certain point on yeah how do, you, how do you regulate that in your mind
1: well I'm not an economist or a political scientist um but um... We, we have already examples of society trying to prevent these kinds of concentrations of economic power with antitrust laws. So it's a, it's in the same spirit. Um, so you could say, well, let's just apply the same laws. The problem is um, we can't wait until that power accumulation has become so strong that, for example, it turns into political power or military power. Because uh, you know, keep in mind that we were talking about is ai systems that could invent new technologies that could be used to harm i mean designing new biological weapons or new cyber attacks is designing new technologies and it's just going to get more and more powerful what you could do with these systems so that immense power because it goes against the fundamentals of what democracy is about needs correspondingly strong harnessing by society, by democracies, uh, correspondingly strong democratic governance. Um, How to do it? I think we need to innovate. So one of the interesting questions, if you want to look on the positive side is, maybe AI uh, of the future, that's gonna be much more powerful than even today's, is going to force democratic societies to innovate in the kind of democratic institutions that we need to survive the the potential destabilization of society that may come with AI
0: um so if 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 you know superhuman AI more than any other form of AI amplifies um you know existing biases existing trends existing structures it will also amplify existing power structures uh and and this is of course exactly what you what you're worried about but if I um as far as if i'm on the way up you know i'm a kind of a really kind of like a happening entrepreneur or i'm a happening politician whatever it is whatever the track i am on and i'm on my way up why why how could it be in my interest to sort of say oh i'd rather not use ai because or i'd rather kind of regulate so that i have less power i mean this is a very difficult it's like turkeys voting for christmas isn't it? it's a very very difficult thing in a democracy uh, to actually to achieve uh, do you have any wh- what's your thought on that i mean how do you move from a kind of an aspiration to something that becomes a political possibility
1: well we, we we've got to try I'm not saying it's going to be easy um we have to be careful about the lobby of companies that that have their own interests uh, at heart rather than society's sort of stability and well being. I think uh, educating the public, increasing the awareness about the dangers is an important step because politicians are trying to respond to many demands. And they're not experts. So whoever, you know, shouts louder in their ear might have more attention. ordinary citizens don't get a lot of attention from our top politicians, but the media and other ways to um, have a a democratic debate, I think can really help to put pressure on our political system so that they listen more to the, the, the general needs of the population rather than what rich people or companies might be pushing for.
0: I mean, we have seen in the US, and this is, you know, um, uh, we have seen how technology, information technology, particularly the internet, has been used over the last, you know, course of the last 20 years very effectively. I I, you know, I think Obama probably was the first one who managed to pull in huge uh, uh you know, a lot of money through small donations, which, which was a sort of a really democratizing of fundraising in a way, because a lot of people contributed like 10, 20, 30, 50 dollars, but in the aggregate, that really made a huge difference. And you know, somebody attribute his success uh, and his is uh, uh, you know, like uh, to in part to that. You know, when you look at the way Donald Trump kind of campaigned, uh, you know, like during his election and the help he received from all kinds of players, um, you know, through misinformation, fake news, this, this and the other, again, very, very effectively. Now, fast forwarding to the next election, if you know, if you know, if 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 people were to offer both sides, uh, like AI-driven or supported, you know, campaigning tools, do you really think that the Democrats or the Republicans would say, "Oh no, 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 that's just not ethical. We're not going to go down that road," um, or or, or do you think we're just going to carry on doing that, just at a much higher, uh, and a sort of a turbo, ter- ter- a supercharged kind of level? So, um I think the
1: concern here is different politicians will have a different level of ethics and the least ethical ones will be willing to take more advantage of tools that are in a way immoral. And it's the same problem with uh, uh, corporations that may choose to cut corners so that they can dominate their market. Um, And that's true in AI as well and for both of these cases the solution is obvious we need to level the playing field by setting up rules that don't favor the least ethical behavior that's why we need regulation
0: and well that's right but there's another point which i think you make quite strongly and that is the kind of if you like the the business case for opening up ai systems so that it's part of the, sort of the leveling of the playing field isn't it If both Republicans and Democrats, for the sake of that argument, have access to the same technology, then they're kind of, again, kind of like fighting it out at, at the same level. It's 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 when one side kind of gains a sort of a kind of a technology advantage um, and happens to be kind of, you know, morally yeah. kind of somewhat, lim- you know, then, then you get that problem. No?
1: Mm. So it's like saying, let's allow everyone to bear very powerful weapons. That's basically the libertarian view. And at the end of the day, with the libertarian view, what you get is the law of the jungle. You get the most mean and dangerous people to dominate. That's exactly the opposite of what we want in a democracy.
0: No, I totally get that. I'm just talking- to So, the so that's,
1: that's why you don't want to open source the very dangerous and powerful AI systems.
0: Yes, I, I get that. But you know, I think this is sort of a short term, You know, the next presidential elections in the US are coming up. And it's 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 you know it's, it's questionable whether you know you know solid regulation will be in place to you know to, to safeguard the use of AI by that stage. So the question is, is what, yeah. what what would happen? What would be the most meaningful kind of like measure in the very short term versus? And this is what I would like to go on to now, right. the kind of the long term perspective, which I think is something you're much more concerned about, really. Um, and and this idea of a network of institutes or, or, or non governmental organisations is a long term solution, isn't it? Sorry, Nico. I'm
1: late for my next uh, interview, um, so I'll have to go now. Um,
0: sorry. Yeah. No worries. Well, um, well, I, I'm really sorry that that uh, that that it um, that we had um, this interruption and that um, I, I thought we had uh, till uh, till eleven, but um, obviously that you know was a misunderstanding on my part um so um um anyway uh Georgia, thank you very very much for uh kind of uh, joining welcome. me um and um you know I, I wish you the best of luck with you know y- your you. Initiative with this new institute i, I hope thank it will you. happen um and um yeah best of luck and thank you very much for coming on to reboot Bye-bye. bye bye bye